0: Welcome to Outrageously Unnecessary. We are a podcast telling you all about the obnoxious things that the wealthy have done or bought through the ages. My name is Haley. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephen. Say hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Stephen. That was sassy and probably one of the oldest jokes in the book. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) All right. So how you been?
1: Uh, you know i've been really good um just got back home fresh off of akon 2019 uh in dallas so back home back to work which is sad but um got another weekend coming up Uh, i'm off a couple days the fourth of july weekend so looking forward to that Mm um yeah just catch it up on some anime and some tv shows and just living my best life Haley.
0: That's a good life. I've enjoyed You've been texting me about the fact that you've been baking and you've been sending me photos of brownies that you made and seeing as that you live several states away from me, it is both cruel and delightful.
1: Yeah, I am the sexiest housewife.
0: The best housewife. Just, I picture you were probably wearing one of those little maid aprons and nothing else as you're just waltzing around.
1: Well, Haley, you're not wrong.
0: <laughs> it's just comfortable letting everything swing in the breeze it's so comfy
1: especially since my house is 85 degrees right now because my it's just a- yeah my ac is having problems actually i took a look at it earlier and i tried to fix it and um looks like there is some just some i don't even know what like dust and junk kind of s- stuck up like in the unit so i cleaned that out replaced the filter and now it's kicking on so in about an hour or so we'll see
0: Okay, well, by the end of this podcast, update us on whether or not you are still a nasty, sweaty mess.
1: I will. Indeed.
0: Oh, yeah, but in any case, um, so <laughs> I, this weekend, uh, while you were at Akon, I discovered Best Story. And by discovered, I mean someone sent me uh, one architectural masterpiece that sent me down the best rabbit hole. And then I ended up making some informational memes about this subject and, uh, they went viral on imager and I just love it so much. I wrote up an entire two page essay on it and I need to tell you all about these obnoxious status symbols. Ooh,
1: all right. I'm intrigued.
0: Yeah. Yep. So by the way, everyone, I'm starting off this episode. <laughs> Me, I go first. Okay. So I literally wrote this out saying, Hello, friends. As though this is like an information. <laughs> That's so kind. That's so
1: warm and welcoming. I, I feel welcome <laughs> that I'm the co host. The
0: next sentence is Have you heard the good word? Mm. The good word of pineapple.
1: I like pineapple.
0: <laughs> you like pineapple? <laughs> yeah,
1: pineapple always makes me think of psych.
0: I get, right? Isn't there a pineapple in every episode every of that?
1: Every single damn episode, there's a pineapple.
0: Just hidden somewhere. Mm. That see, that just reminds me when I was in um theater in high school, we had a taxidermied pheasant that had to be hidden somewhere on the set for every single show.
1: <laughs> we oh so yeah, at um at college we had um it, it was a small little it was kind of creepy, but it was a small little doll of Mrs. Claus, not Santa Claus, but Mrs. Claus. And she was hidden in every single set of our productions. Ooh. and it w- One,
0: I do like hiding things in the set of everything, but secondly, I am very much so creeped out that it is a doll. Like, I, I personally have issues with dolls. And so I'm like, yes, dead pheasant, perfectly fine. Doll of Mrs. Claus,
1: no. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's it's creepy. Like, literally. So we have we had a main um, uh, Priscine March uh, theater, and then we had a black box. I'll never forget. Uh, we're working on the show. It's... It's in the spring. Yeah, it was the spring show of like my second to last year. And we were doing it in the black box because it was kind of a really small kind of intimate piece. I'm trying to remember the exact title to play. That's that's beside the point. But we um, – it's me and two other people. And we're finishing up. We're kind of reworking some of the lighting because, oh, yeah, it's right before opening weekend. So, you know, we've had our tech rehearsal. We've had our, our some final run-throughs with costumes, props, all of that. And I was the lighting designer for the show. And so we're working on getting everything kind of squared away. I've got a couple people up and um a couple people up and they're they're kind of adjusting the lights as I'm telling them what to do. And to this day, I don't know how it happens. So I'm working on the light board. I'm telling I'm giving commands to, you know, adjust, you know, certain lights here and there, because they're walking across the catwalks, right? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like we lose power, you know, for something like so either a breaker got uh switched or something whatever where the breaker room is like just right you know right behind me so the lights are off you know the, the, the two get two two people up in the catwalks and they're kind of like just waiting and you know of course they screamed a little bit and they kind of freaked out but i go over there and i flip the breakers right and some of the lights come on and the, the lights where they happen to be kind of repositioning were all um down lights kind of right near center stage and i i shit you not this was the creepiest thing it wasn't there before but when the lights came back on there was a couple downlights in center stage and there was fucking Mrs. Claus sitting Ooh, en- on the Ooh. floor being cast by the downlight. I don't shit you like not. That, that I was don't like that was the creepiest like we all like just woo, just moved out of the black box and had to shake it off. I think we went to Sonic to grab some half-price shakes <laughs> it and is then we time came back to go. <laughs> later on and we just just, I think, I think one of us got a broom and we just kind of just brushed her off of center stage and brushed <laughs> her off. We don't even pick burned, her up. No, we didn't touch her at all. We all, it was like, a, it was a running joke throughout, you know. It's
0: like a jump scare that happens. Like, Go dark all of a sudden, it, it, in your face, what, Mrs. Claus. Well, it
1: was a running joke for several years that Mrs. Claus was haunted or, like, possessed. I absolutely believe that. After that night. There's no way she isn't. Yep, absolutely possessed. Possessed. So. There you go. Fun, fun fact, fun story, creepy story.
0: Fun fact. That's horrifying. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. Thank you. Horrifying fact. Would we like to? Would we like to go back to the delightful world of the pineapple?
1: I would love to. Let's dive right in.
0: Okay. So, did you know that the pineapple uh, will immediately show the world that you're wealthy and just the most fucking hospitable person to ever exist?
1: <laughs> I. I feel like I've heard that somewhere, but do tell. I'm I'm intrigued.
0: Okay. So, the pineapple was not just uh, a funky little, like, art piece used by hipsters and Target, like today. Okay, fair. <laughs> uh, once upon a time, from the 1500s to uh, the 1800s-ish, like, right up until... The late 1800s, uh, the spiky fruits were considered to be the status symbol okay. because they were so rare. Uh, some backstory. Pineapples originate in South America. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And up until Columbus, and I know that Columbus sucks but because he's awful, but he did this one thing right. Columbus brought one back to Spain in the late 1400s. Europeans knew jack shit about this tropical delight. Uh, What they knew is that, boy, they're really hard to bring back from South America via week-long, or not week, weeks-long ship rides and still have them taste good. Uh, So for the few pineapples that made it to Europe without becoming a nasty, rotted mess, um, only the rich, usually royalty, could buy and eat one of these bad boys. And, fun fact, only... One pineapple, one singular pineapple made it back to Spain on the initial voyage without rotting with Columbus. And it was King Ferdinand II who had the pleasure of eating it.
1: Wow. Fancy. So he,
0: yeah, he brought back multiple pineapples, but literally all of them rotted except for the one. And so it was this one pineapple that started the trend of everyone being like, oh, my God. Oh, my sugar, sweet flavor what is this delight <laughs>
1: <laughs> nectar what and is, manna from heaven
0: what is this so king ferdinand the second ate it and then he declared quote its flavor excels all other fruits uh, <laughs> <end quote>. <laughs> <laughs> basically because med- medieval europe didn't have access to uh sugar or sweet fruits like they really only had apples and pears which could get you so far but apples back then were actually closer to like crab apples okay Um, so kind of
1: bitter not super sweet yeah, yeah
0: small bitter angry no one really liked them sure um and then sugar you could really only get via like sugar cane or sugar beets and sugar cane only was discovered upon going to like tropical regions. So when Columbus started right. ex- exploring, so they really didn't have any idea what the fuck sugar tasted like, and their palates were sad.
1: Yeah, because pro- um, yeah, because processed sugar didn't really come around till what eighteenth century, nineteenth century.
0: Uh, no, it was it was before that. Okay. They figured out how to do it upon getting uh getting like sh- sugar cane, but um it still was so difficult to get their right. hands on in bulk mm. that it, it just wasn't really a thing. Got it. So basically pineapple comes into their life. It actually tastes like something. And <laughs>
1: it tastes all the wealthy, like something.
0: It tastes like something. And, uh, all the sad, dreary lives of the wealthy folks were suddenly like, Oh my God. And it became the Holy fruit. Right. Naturally. And, It quite literally was known as the King of Fruits because they were like, it has a crown. It is grown with a crown right out of its head. It therefore it is the King of Fruits. (laughs) It was given to us by God. I
1: love people's association back then when they didn't know anything. They're so sweet and precious.
0: I know. (laughs) So um, I'm sure you're wondering, hey, why don't if they like them so much, why not just, you know, grow some pineapples? in europe so you don't have to wait literal weeks and months to receive a squishy rotted pineapple right well it's because these morons took 200 years to figure out how to actually grow one in europe because hothouses did not exist until (laughs) until the early 1700s
1: fair enough that makes sense so
0: I don't know why it took so long for them to figure this out, but they kept trying and they were like, I don't know why it doesn't grow here cuz it needs the hot weather. It needs the hot weather, friends. Um and so the Netherlands uh were the first to create a hot house where they could grow a damn pineapple and all of Europe said, "Hey, me too. I want one too, please. Give me hot house." <laughs> <laughs> so England got really, really jealous of the Netherlands, and um, they had hothouses created specifically to grow pineapples, and it was in the late 1600s, early 1700s, that England's King Charles II commissioned a painting of his gardener, presenting him with the first pineapple grown on English soil. Unbelievable. And it is as amazing as you think it is.
1: Oh, I'm thinking of something pretty amazing.
0: Go ahead and take a look at that.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: That isn't the full portrait, by the way. I'm giving you a (gasps) close-up version of the actual presentation.
1: (laughs) Look at that. He is like literally on one knee too.
0: Yeah, no. So the gardener is on one knee in front of King Charles, who is not even looking at the pineapple. He's looking at the man who is drawing. It's like he's looking into the the camera but obviously it's a portrait right and and my favorite thing is that the gardener is holding the pineapple by some weird stem via his like thumb and forefinger it's like he's proposing to him it's like he's proposing to him <laughs> but i also would like to know why this pineapple um why this pineapple is so like normally pineapples are heavy, right? And yet this guy can just kind of hold it in between his four fingers.
1: Right. But, see, but what we can't see is how jacked this gardener is. Because if you think about it, he, he's a gardener, right? Well, actually, then back to that back in the day, gardeners just kind of like prune trees and prune. Sometimes he's not jacked. I don't know.
0: I have no idea. But it's pompous as hell, and they're in their like formal gardens, and he's just presenting pineapple, and, <laughs> and it makes me very happy. Like. <laughs> King Charles was like, my pineapple is so important to me that I'm going to spend the money to get my pineapple documented.
1: Uh, uh, so, unbelievable. Yeah.
0: So his pineapple had to be documented to the world, and and now it's 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 there for us to to love and to admire.
1: So um, so beautiful.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, Obviously, pineapples literally symbolize luxury and opulence, and they became really prevalent in art and architecture. So, speaking of architecture, let's go ahead and take into consideration the 4th Earl of Dunmore in Scotland. Um, this man. (laughs) This man had his own hothouse on his property in Scotland. So obviously he's wealthy. He could afford having a glass house uh, to grow his pineapples. Um, okay. And in the 1770s, uh, the Earl had to leave his Scottish home and go be the last governor of Virginia right before the Revolution.
1: The, <laughs> and so the 1770s. He ended up
0: yes. So he ended up piecing the fuck out in 1776. Ooh. And he got home to uh-huh. Scotland in 1777 and promptly decided, hey, my hothouse needs to be opulent as fuck because I'm a little bit sad about what went down in Virginia. Yeah. And so uh, now what he designed and created is now known as one of the most bizarre and iconic feats of architecture in Scotland. And he installed basically a new hat on top of his hot house and come on paste buddy a
1: hat on his hot house
0: a hat on his hot house a
1: hot hat house
0: hold on come oh, now paste there we go there
1: you <gasps> what? go what <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm literally looking at a, like a house with with a central tower and it's as if a stone giant crafted a stone pineapple and just smushed it the fuck down on that tower.
0: Yeah. So. That's
1: crazy. Wait. It's,
0: it's one, it's marvelous architecture because they literally carved a massive pineapple and put it onto an existing hothouse.
1: <laughs> that is bananas.
0: So I love this more than anything. And the fact that it's in Scotland and you can go and visit the pineapple whenever you want. It is called the Dunmore Pineapple. And um, by the way, yeah, you can rent it out. You can (gasps) sleep over in the pineapple if you want.
1: (laughs) What is it? Wait, is it listed on Airbnb?
0: No, it's owned by the it's owned by the Scottish, I think, National Trust and because and because it's like owned by them, it is considered like a public thing and there is a wait list to stay in the pineapple.
1: Are you serious? Yep. How long is if the waitlist? You wait wanna stay? How long, long is very it? Very long. Like very long. Are we talking months or are we talking years?
0: I don't remember. I'm gonna have to Google that, but it's kind of amazing.
1: I just if it's years, I literally just wanna put my name in.
0: Just throw your hat <laughs> I really into do. that ring yeah, I and do. one day you're gonna get a call and it's oh, so are you still coming for your stay, uh, in a week? And you're like, I am now. I have to go to the Dunmore Pineapple. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, yeah, my my kids just graduated from college and my wife and I were free after This week. Absolutely. (laughs) Because that's, yeah, because in 20 years, that's when that's when I'll be available. Yeah,
0: that's when you're going to be available and have the money.
1: That's right. That's right.
0: But it just (laughs) makes me it makes my heart so happy. And I wish I had a number. I wish I had a number for you of how much it costs to build this pineapple. But I have no fucking clue. But I can only assume so expensive
1: in the in the million, Just, in the the millions, for sure. Like, whatever their currency is. I can't remember off the top of my head whatever their currency is. Maybe it's, uh, no. I mean, yeah, Scotland is part of, well, maybe it's pounds, because at that point, um Scotland had become part of the, uh, had become part of Br- It would be
0: pounds. Yeah, it yeah, would yeah, be pounds, I had, believe. had become but, part of Britain, um, so. But for the most part, it, uh, I mean, at 1777 is when this sucker was built, so uh god knows to spend that amount of money to build yourself a fucking pineapple i love it there you go i love it would you like to know some some more quick rapid fire pineapple facts oh
1: give me all the pineapple facts
0: okay so i am literally
1: pining for pineapple facts
0: oh that was bad
1: (laughs) but good at the same time okay go ahead yeah (laughs)
0: So, in the 17 and 1800s, there was such a high demand and such a low supply of pineapples that it became a popular practice for pineapple merchants to rent pineapples to the wealthy.
1: Wait, rent them? Rent them. Okay.
0: I want you to parse through what this
1: means. So, to rent a pineapple so that... So, OK, obviously, pineapples are meant to be eaten and enjoyed. So if they're renting a pineapple, maybe they're just renting it to show opulence and wealth, not necessarily meaning to be consumed, but just. to <gasps> just...
0: Ding, 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 ding. Oh, did they I have get it right? Rend- you did
1: get it Ooh. right. So
0: basically, the wealthy who weren't wealthy enough to eat a pineapple, but were wealthy enough to be throwing pi- or like a party. I was about to say a pineapple party. That's I mean, I guess they became pineapple parties. Um <laughs> What they would do is uh, they would rent the pineapple, either display it on their table during the party and then return it uneaten the next day, or some people would rent a pineapple specifically to take to a party, just to carry around all night and show off.
1: <laughs> but after, but after, so but after you know, it, it sort of, wouldn't people like assume like. Oh, um, you're renting a pineapple? You couldn't actually afford to <laughs> eat one? I don't know why my Scotland sounds like super high-class British, but... This isn't
0: even in just in Scotland. No, you went with the English accent, which primarily the pineapple fascination was in England okay, and enough. in uh, the American
1: colonies. I, so... just, I just think it's a little silly ridiculous. Like, I don't I, 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 know. just in the fact that... Uh, not from the perspective that I'm sure people, you know... To them is very, very important to at least have the money to rent a pineapple. But for the people who could afford to eat one, eat them. I can imagine. I can imagine the comments and how they look down upon people that rented a pineapple.
0: But the people who went to those parties, those parties were for people who couldn't afford to eat. Like th- that was the social circle. Was uh, you were rich enough to rent one, but not rich enough to eat one. And oh, so,
1: okay. So it was like a, a class. classes. The classes weren't mingling. It Got wasn't. It. Mm-hmm. No.
0: So I think that just to witness a pineapple was an event. Got it. And so basically you could tuck this pineapple under your arm and just flaunt that sucker and <laughs> and just carry it
1: around. Flaunt <laughs> that some bitch.
0: Flaunt <laughs> that pineapple. And anyways, the pineapple would in fact make it to multiple parties okay. uh, before, almost rotting. And then by the time that it was not rotting, but almost rotting. That's when it would finally be sold and eaten by whoever wanted to pay that high, high price for a pineapple. Mm. So so whoever did, in fact, get to eat that pineapple was not eating a fresh pineapple. They were eating a pretty old pineapple.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, they probably didn't know any better to them. It was like, this is the greatest gift since...
0: I don't know. I don't know if it like it had to be well known that that you could rent a pineapple. And that's where they like, that's what was happening was that they would get passed around like a blunt at a freshman college party. Like,
1: I guess.
0: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure on that one. But um, by the way, uh, how much would you guess that a single pineapple was worth in... Let's go ahead and say the mid to late 1700s. How much in today's money would you think that it would be worth?
1: To buy or to rent? To buy. To buy, I'd probably put it somewhere in between... I'm going to go a little higher than I probably am thinking it's going to be, but I would.
0: I guarantee you're not high enough.
1: I'd say to buy probably anywhere between. uh,
0: Well, you're struggling, buddy boy.
1: Fifteen hundred to three grand.
0: Not even close. 8,000. 8,000. What?
1: What? To buy one pineapple? To buy one pineapple. That is unbelievably outrageous, which is the name of our show. <laughs> Welcome to our show.
0: We talk about outrageously unnecessary things, which would be an $8,000 pineapple. And that is isn't today's money. So in the 1700s, I calculated it and it would be about 450 Dollars, like U.S. dollars back in the 1700s. But, yeah, that's worth $8,000 today.
1: Unbelievable.
0: So the reason why it's worth $8,000 uh, is because these fuckers take minimum 18 months to grow and bear fruit. And uh, that is granted the conditions are perfect, and also each plant will only right. produce
1: one fruit. <laughs> right. And pineapples. And so...
0: Yeah, and so in hothouses, sometimes it could take up to, like, three years to get yourself a pineapple. Ugh. And so keeping keeping your hot house perfect, making sure that your gardeners are happy, apparently that was so much work that it is fucking worth $8,000 in today's cash.
1: I mean, on one hand, that makes sense. On the other hand, that's an outrageous amount of money. But at the same I, time, with conditions back then... I feel then, like for
0: that amount of time, your guess was closer to what I would assume would get paid for a pineapple. 8000 still feels very high to me
1: (laughs) yeah but i I could see somebody paying 1500 or 2500 dollars for if 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 it's a fruit that in that time only got to to be born every you know two years every three years or however many months or whatever i feel like that's not unreasonable i mean especially for that time when you know you can't just go to the, the nearest grocery store Or the nearest market and grab a pineapple for, you know. No,
0: you got to go to the Dunmore Pineapple. Yes. (laughs) And say, can I buy a pineapple from you? (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about the way that pineapples influenced uh, pop culture in the 17 and 1800s.
1: There was pop culture in the 17 and 1800s?
0: I mean, there was popular culture, which was, you know, how everyone spoke or dressed. Sure. Blah, blah. So anyways, I took this. I just copy pasted this from an article because they put it so nicely. I didn't know how to write it in my own words. Uh, Did I write down what the article was? No. So whoever wants to copy and paste this particular article for me and find it again, go for it. Uh, But anyways, quote. A pineapple of the finest flavor was a phrase used for anything that was the best of the best. For instance, my birthday party was a pineapple of the finest flavor. So in Sheridan's 1775 play The Rivals, a character compliments another by pronouncing, He is the very pineapple of politeness. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Wait>. <laughs> Who was the playwright?
0: uh sheridan
1: sounds familiar and when the play was called the, wait, the, what was called the rivals
0: yeah the rivals which was uh a 1775 yes. play
1: i just remember that from theater history so yes that
0: good good for you there's yeah. a line in there there someone says he's the very pineapple of politeness
1: he's um, the... <laughs> i so, love it
0: still continuing on in this quote from the article i don't remember uh during the expansion of the trade in 18th century Britain, home good companies began to cash out on the pineapple as a status symbol. Wedgwood, which were makers of fine china, began to produce tableware with pineapple themes for the upper class. Carve uh carved stone pineapples appeared on plinths. I did not know the word plinths before this. On plinths outside grand manor houses, pronouncing to the passerby, the largesse and high standing of the family within. They adored carriages, topped garden temples, figured in countless paintings, and were turned into enormous sculptures gracing country gardens. Pineapples had become synonymous with good taste, nobility, and limitless wealth. Oh. End quote.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, talk about the fruits of their labor.
0: Oh, is that the title of this episode? Uh,
1: I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, any thoughts on that before I wrap up my pineapple?
1: And, I mean, stranger things, obviously, but... I don't know. I, I, I'm just viewing it from their context. From, so not context. From their context. just from their worldview and just you know to have something like that to to mean and to for that for it to symbolize you know what it did it makes sense it's crazy and i keep using the term bananas because we're talking about fruit um (laughs) but you know it's it really is it really is bananas just to think about like
0: i know it's it's like it makes it makes total sense but at the same time in today's context you're just like a pineapple what the fuck
1: Well, and I've I've been trying to think of a um, an analogy of today uh, that that we see everywhere in in culture that I mean, I guess. Apple's apple, maybe.
0: I don't know. Apples to me don't symbolize wealth. Apples are certainly the most popular fruit, Mm -hmm. but they don't symbolize wealth. Not the way the pineapple did.
1: Is there anything that really okay. symbolizes wealth in today's world?
0: Unsure, like gold, golden desserts, maybe? I My brain keeps going to like birds for some reason, like swans.
1: Yeah, birds. Um, I don't know, for, for whatever reason, I'm thinking of like small white fluffy dogs with diamond collars.
0: <laughs> like a Paris Hilton dog.
1: Yes, yes, like a Paris Hilton dog, those little shits I feel like are everywhere in rich people's <laughs> pictures, everywhere.
0: Or, that's totally uh, fair. If you can carry it in your purse, you're good to go.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was it? Wasn't? Doesn't Lady Gaga have a small dog, or is that? Some, no, she? no, no. It's Paris. Oh. No, it's Paris Hilton. That's right. Because Paris, Hilton, yeah, that's it's Paris Hilton. But yeah, like like little animals, or. I well, I, I actually I, I feel like. Maybe not like opulent wealth, but I feel like in the early 2000s, let's say say like 2005 to 2000, we'll say nine or 10. I feel like if you owned a pair of Oakley sunglasses, (laughs) you had money.
0: But would you put the Oakley sunglasses into one paintings, two sculptures, three (laughs) architecture?
1: You know what? I feel like there's a story behind that somewhere, and I and I call it, and I'm gonna research.
0: You're gonna find it. You're that. gonna find the Oakley sunglasses I'm house.
1: Gonna, I'm gonna find it, and that's gonna be a topic for next time. If you're listening right now, and you want to like send send us some info, if you happen to find some stuff, send it my way. Or
0: just hold him accountable, everyone. Hold this man yeah. accountable. Hold me accountable. Please do it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hold me accountable. Tweet
0: go ahead and just tweet at us. So our Twitter is at O Unnecessary Pod. Go ahead, just tweet at him and just be like, Hey Steven, um, when you going to talk about the the Oakley sunglasses house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Please do. Please do. <laughs> but anyways, okay. so back so. to the Back to the pineapple opulence. Back um, to pineapples. I yeah. have
0: one last thing to tell
1: you. I'm so excited. And
0: this just delighted me absolutely to no end. So apparently uh, this was a popular practice among a lot of plantations in the South, but uh, I, I found record of it for one particular plantation. And um, it is Oak Alley Plantation in New Orleans. Okay. Uh, these guys being relatively close to the Caribbean and having the right conditions to, like, grow pineapples, they had a good supply going. And uh, it became a tradition of theirs to welcome guests staying with them by giving them sliced pineapple to eat each morning.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, So that was that was your welcome gift was like, look how gracious and hospitable we are. Here's your pineapple. So to give someone a pineapple, uh, that's why pineapples are also associated with hospitality nowadays but if you woke up to a whole pineapple in your room one morning it was a very polite fuck you get out of my house
1: (laughs) what really
0: yeah if you had a whole pineapple in your room it meant you had overstayed your welcome and you need to get the fuck out please
1: wow that's bananas
0: yeah, so it is hospitality, but also not. And so the picture I just sent you is literally a photo of the display they have set up on their plantation tour.
1: Oh, it's the get the fuck out set up.
0: It's the get the fuck out set because they're not going to do the welcome to stay with us set up. They're gonna, the picture is literally like a tray on a bed and it's your tea and your sliced fruits, except for the pineapple. The pineapple is sliced. Fuck you. Get out of my house.
1: <laughs> get out.
0: Get the fuck out of my plantation. Get You've been here for out. three months, Henry. Please leave.
1: <laughs> Henry. No, no, Henry.
0: Oh, he- oh, oh Henry.
1: <laughs> Henry, get out. Oh. <laughs> well done. Bravo.
0: Thank you. Oh, I was infinitely entertained by all of that. So <laughs> I hope
1: oh, I brought some goodness. light to everything. You did. You did. You you made my night.
0: <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh, and uh, just so everyone knows, all of the pictures that I sent to Stephen are going to be available on our Instagram, which is at outrageously unnecessary. So I will go ahead and put those up and uh, descriptions of what each and every one of them are. And also for any photos that Steven puts up. So if you want to see them, you got to go on to Instagram. I'll also put a couple up on Twitter.
1: Nice. Yeah. Twitter.
0: Twitter. Twitter. What you got for me, buddy? Can Can you top the pineapple?
1: Probably not. Um, <laughs> you were so confident before starting recording, was, but like as you kept like introducing new things about pineapples, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, and just like <laughs> sinking low into my chair. But no, no, I've I've got something fun for you. So Haley, do you remember a conversation that we had? Gosh, it's probably been a few months back now where we, oh, no. we were talking about like styles of homes that we liked versus that we didn't like. Do you remember that?
0: Yes. I do remember that right. Was and, it on the show or was that a private conversation?
1: No, it was a private messenger conversation. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, and I, I'm trying to remember. So like for me, like, I, I don't really care necessarily about the style of home. Like I don't, I don't have a particular favorite. Um, you know, I, I appreciate certain homes style, like, I think colonial style is really, really cool. Um, you know, just because of the the time in history that, you know, colonial homes were made and just the the architecture behind it. Um, I, I've yet to visit like New England and like the, the Northeastern part of the States, like the farthest Northeast that I've been is New York city. Um, mm-hmm. So like one day I would love to travel like up to New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine, and just see some colonial stuff. I, I think it'd be really cool. Um, but um, Shelly, my wife she loves Victorian style homes, like absolutely. Oh,
0: she! Sh- you guys need to come visit because we have a lot of really good Victorian homes here in Sacramento and in San Francisco.
1: Really, that's surprising. I wouldn't, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought that the Victorian have, style would be good in California. Ones, my boy. Interesting, interesting. Well, um, I mean, the
0: Victorians—they were around and during the California Gold Rush, and yeah. up through then that's when stuff was getting built. So we have a lot of houses from then.
1: Okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, so so Shelley loves Victorian, and, and so does my mom and her mom. Um, me, I think they're okay. Um, it's, for me, Victorian houses are creepy to me for whatever reason. It's um, <laughs>
0: gonna be it's it's haunted. There's a horror movie
1: waiting to happen. No, like no, literally every so not every. I don't want to I don't want to you know encompass it, but I feel like a lot of older horror movies all take place in Victorian style homes. Uh-huh. I feel
0: like you're very right about that. Like,
1: like point in case, people. Amityville horror, Victorian style home. Fair. Um, gosh, what else? Um, uh, that's that. Okay, Uh, I know there's more, but that's the first one that just instantly popped. Well, I was in the just line.
0: thinking, like Psycho. Didn't Norman? Bates? Psycho. Yep,
1: Norman Bates. Yep, like, Victorian right style right, home. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh gosh, what else? There's, there's, I know there's more, but anyways, um, um. Oh, uh, it's not super scary, but signs. You remember signs by my Shovel on their farmhouse yeah. was it was more farmhouse, but it was kind of Victorian style-ish a little bit too. That's not that's not like the best you know example. But
0: Steven, do you have a point?
1: Yes, I do have a point. I'm getting there. And, and actually, my topic is not about creepy Victorian homes. It's really not. Are you not. sure? It's really not. But it is about a Victorian style home. Okay, but not like a, not the creepy side of things, okay? So, <laughs> um I'm actually going to start this off. I'm going to send you a picture of this um it's actually a really cool looking bedroom that okay. I'm going to send to you, Haley. Okay. And um I don't know, I just I, I think it's cool. Uh, I think the architecture is really really cool. Like how pretty is that?
0: Okay, yeah. So I'm just kind of looking and it's uh it looks like it's kind of a Bedroom, sort of situation with like uh lots of windows and a really cute little it's got like the the wall the up and down vertical striping wallpaper with like little figurines on a shelf and like really crazy checkered uh carpet and a telescope. Oh, is that a suit of armor in an alcove in the back?
1: Um, mm, let me see.
0: Yeah, it absolutely it is. is.
1: Yes, it is. <laughs> Uh, oh, I didn't see. Uh, yeah, I didn't see that earlier. It looks
0: like a dollhouse. If I'm being perfectly honest.
1: Actually, you're not wrong. It, <gasps> it is a very, very beautiful dollhouse, Haley. Oh my God. I would like to introduce you, and eventually our listeners, they'll see pictures to the Astolat dollhouse. What? This is one of the. Actually, no. It is, definitively, the world's most detailed, and most expensive dollhouse. Ever made? Would you like? What? Would you like to know the history behind it? I will give you yes, the history behind it. Yes. How did you it. find this? So um, I will actually, I will, t- I will tell you how I found it at the end of my my session tonight, as a way of giving a preview without any spoilers to the next episode that we're gonna do. How about that?
0: Oh, them's is good apples. I'll take that.
1: Oh, good. I like. I like. We're keeping the fruit analogies going on this entire episode. I love it. Okay, so. <laughs>
0: I' <laughs> immediately interpreting how do you like that as how do you like them apples? And I was like, them as good apples. <laughs> good pineapples, I mean.
1: <laughs> so first, the history of the word Astolat. Okay, so Astolat is actually a fictional city. It was, um, let me find it. It was... Wait,
0: how do you spell this?
1: A-S-T-O-L-A-T.
0: Oh, okay. That was not how I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I kind of had it going as Ocelot in my head.
1: So Astolat. So Asalat is actually a legendary city uh, in Great Britain, and it was named in um, Arthurian legends. So King Arthur, um, King Arthur's legend. So uh, that's how it was written in like in the Old English. It's as it was gone down through the ages, it actually transferred into another more familiar name, which is Shalat. As in Alfred Lord Tennyson's poem, The Lady of Shalat.
0: Okay, my brain was going straight to like shallots, the onion.
1: No, so. <laughs> are you are you familiar with the poem "The Lady of Shallot"? I am not. Really,
0: I'm so uncultured. You don't even know Stephen. Like I put on airs for this show, and I go <laughs> down a lot of rabbit holes because that's who I am. But they're never anything that makes me better as a person. <laughs>
1: So I will, you know, and, and privately I will send you uh I will send you the poem. It's a very very beautiful poem, Alfred Lord Tennyson, um phenomenal poet, just oh, just an amazing word craft. Anyways, so Shalott is actually the more um to tr- tr- like uh not traditional, it's the more modern version of Astolat, which is an Arthurian um fictional city. Um also in like in French Arthurian romances, it was translated to Escalo. um Escalat if you want to just say it, you know, the proper way but Escolo. Um, But Astalot. So, this is the Astalot Dollhouse. So, I'm going to do a little bit of light reading here for you folks. So, buckle up and strap in. So, um, the Astalot Dollhouse Castle, it is a castle, um, is a museum. uh, It's an expert museum quality dollhouse. And it was officially praised uh, in 2015 as the most valuable dollhouse in the world. But I'll save the price tag. At the very very end.
0: I'm so excited.
1: So the greatest value uh, behind this particular dollhouse is it is all handmade. Everything down to the inner workings of the inside the walls, like the structure, everything, every single layer is completely handmade. Okay, That's so
0: so cool. Wait, yeah. when was this? When was this made?
1: This was made. It was made between the years of 1974. In nineteen eighty seven. It was finished in my birth year. How fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. So forget how much older you are than me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I just gave my age away. Almost thirty-two, folks. In a couple weeks. My birthday's in a couple weeks. I just remember that. Your
0: birthday's in a couple weeks. Yeah.
1: Okay. So um so uh, the value behind this particular dollhouse castle is attributed to that it's handmade. Um it weighs eight hundred pounds. Whoa. It is nine feet tall. It that is ha- taller
0: than a human person. Okay, yes, it great. is.
1: It has twenty-nine rooms in its entirety, and its extensive collection of high-quality miniatures include fully furnished rooms with, and I quote, working fireplaces. Working fireplaces. Let that. Like not sink even in.
0: like light bulbs or anything like no. that. Like it's legit flame that they're allowing yes. near this very precious. Flammable object.
1: It, the whole castle is inflammable, unflammable, whatever the proper term is. It's it's unflammable, so they have they have a coating on it that allows it to not catch fire. And like it's,
0: okay, so it's fire retardant. Got it's it. fire
1: retardant. Yes. Um, okay, so working fireplaces, they have uh, they have um, hand carved stained glass panels. And, That's
0: cool. Wait, hold on. I, I, we got to go back to the fireplaces. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah I'm sorry. I'm out. just
0: trying to think of the logistics of this one. Right. And I just need to know it would have to be gas. But where is the gas located? How do you turn the gas on? Are there teeny tiny pipes, like gas pipes going through here? There's got to be plumbing.
1: Um, it, it actually doesn't really say in this. I'm looking let's see
0: I stumped ya
1: yeah because um, I got all my notes on it too let's see that's okay.
0: if there's if there's nothing yeah, that's yeah, okay but no- like that's more just like a question yeah. that goes through my head of just like wait the fuck I know, there's right? teeny tiny plumbing
1: it's bananas Um, bananas okay so um, uh, this is just kind of overview of what everything it has and then I'm going to go into a little bit of detail on it um, okay. it also has 10,000 handcrafted miniature pieces that includes original works of art gold chandeliers <laughs> and the smallest antique bible in the world and this is a fully printed bible it is the entire bible fully printed but it is the it is a miniature antique bible
0: what the genuine fuck if it's an if it's an antique bible are there teeny tiny family signatures in the front <laughs>
1: Probably, um, I, I I did find a picture. I didn't include it, but I will find a picture and upload it to you later, so you can post it. It is super cool. Um, so so some so uh, a lot of these art pieces are made with gold, some sterling silver, some sterling silver, um, but it all meets like top tier museum quality, like museum quality for sure. So. Um, Let's get into a little bit of the kind of the background of how it came to be. So inspired by Alfred Tennyson's poetry about the Lady of Shalott, it was created between 1974 and 1987, primarily by master miniaturist Elaine Deal, with support and assistance from artisans throughout the world. Um, in addition to its nine foot height, it has 29 rooms, hallways, corridors, sitting areas and windows. And. Um, they were designed with fixed, contiguous exterior walls to create a three-dimensional viewing effect. Um, okay, so here it was. It, it was built over a 13-year period. It took 13 years to make. Total.
0: Goodness. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah, bananas. So
0: much work. That's so much work, and each teeny tiny piece had to take so much time.
1: Yeah, each room was fully decorated, fully furnished with tables, chairs, artwork, and lighting that was made by artists uh, from around the world. So um,
0: wait, quick question. So this this isn't it's not like a model of an existing house. This was going purely off of her imagination based on this poem. Yes. Yeah,
1: Bless just Bless
0: this woman. Fuck right. Yeah.
1: Talk about talk about pure imagination, pure creativity like from the soul, like from a beautiful Come place. With me and you be in and forever. Forever. all right so um let's see moving on okay let's talk about the layout so consisting of seven levels so there's seven levels to this because it's nine feet tall stairways and hallways it was created for 360 uh, 360 degree viewing um the basement level consists of the knights of columbus room a wine cellar kitchens and the armory okay that's the uh the basement level
0: because every house needs an armory.
1: Yeah, this house. Maybe does. that's
0: maybe that's why there's a readily available suit of armor in the picture
1: that you sent <laughs> Just just in case one of those little mini dolls that are in there just wants to suit up and have fun. Um, the main floor consists of the entrance foyer, foyer, main stairway, and the butler's closet because that butler needs a closet. You know what I
0: mean? He only gets a closet. He doesn't get. He an doesn't get room. an
1: actual room. Just a closet. Uh, just a closet. Um, The next level up contains the formal living room, the dining room and music room, as well as an audience balcony, because even the audience needs their own balcony. The fourth level consists of the private library containing dueling pistols, a library of miniature books, the fireplace, the working fireplace. Oh, is there
0: only one working fireplace? I was under the impression there were multiple.
1: Uh, well, yeah, well, there 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 are fireplaces in each of the bedrooms that work.
0: Oh, fuck me. Okay, continue. Please continue. Sorry and for interrupting.
1: No, no worries. Oh, also, real quick. Haley, go back to the picture I just sent you. Yes. So that piece of artwork that's on the wall, that is all needlepoint.
0: I thought it looked like a quilt.
1: Yep, it's all miniature, miniaturized needlepoint.
0: So there's, so just so everyone knows, and the picture will be up on Instagram, but the, the- what it is is uh it's a literal it looks like a painting of uh like what victorian 1700s i can't probably yeah. any sort
1: of yeah, yeah. i would but, say so
0: yeah but it's like it's a portrait of a woman and a man like standing together in the english countryside garden sort of situation it legit looks like a painting but i can kind of see like on the edges it looked a little bit like a quilt and so i was like Oh, is it, is it, is it something? No, it's all needlepoint. It's like the lady from Coraline who like had to knit those teeny tiny sweaters. Yes, it's
1: exactly like that. It's crazy. Okay, so moving on. Um, The fifth level, because we just did the fourth, contains all of the sleeping quarters. So all of the bedrooms. The sixth floor contains the grand ballroom, musician's alcove, bar area, and sitting rooms. And last but not least, on the very tippity-top level, is what is called the Wizard's Tower.
0: The what now?
1: It is called the Wizard's Tower.
0: Does a wizard live in there? Is there, like, weird occult shit inside?
1: Inside are custom-painted zodiac signs, astronomical depictions, a telescope, and an observatory.
0: This makes me so happy
1: <laughs> doesn't it oh my goodness it's amazing um so it is on uh it's actually it's on public display at the time warner center in uh new york city um so let's see uh, approximately about 7000 people per day uh view it uh, or attend um that and that's not including special events that um, go around and they view it. Let's see. There's also a really cool little tidbit here. Um...
0: Wait, really quickly. Can you imagine if this was a real house and you had to climb five stories to get to your bedroom? Right. That seems unnecessary.
1: So while I'm looking, I'm going to just show you a couple more pictures. Please do. There is a children's bedroom.
0: Oh, it's like a little canopy bed, and there's like a floral chandelier, and they legitimately have like the teeniest, tiniest carved like rocking horse and Raggedy Ann dolls. They fucking made miniature Raggedy Ann dolls, and like a little. Oh, there's a puppet theater. There's there's a puppet theater. It's all so tiny.
1: And here is the library.
0: Oh, that's gorgeous.
1: Yes, tell, tell them what this they're saying. I this was my
0: real library. So it's like all it's like when you would go into an old-timey library where all the walls are wood and um the shelves are built into the walls and so it's like really dark and earth tones and this really ornate fireplace next to it that's like it looks like it's gilded. Uh fireplace and there's like shelving or not shelving, there's like a balcony up top that I guess that you'd be able to take your little ladder and like go up to. Oh my god, this is intense.
1: And uh yeah, so it's it's bananas. So Haley, would you like to see the full castle?
0: Please, God, show me the castle. Holy crap. It's not at all what I thought it would look like. I was definitely expecting it to be a Victorian house from what our conversation was earlier. It is not. It is a stonework castle, and it looks like it's very top-heavy.
1: <laughs> it is. It is, It is is top-heavy.
0: Because, like, you can see the—it's You. Ba- basically—it reminds me if anyone has ever seen Castlevania—
1: it yes. Reminds me of uh, yes. Of oh, Dracula's castle. Yeah. Yes. Very much so. Like the the moving castle. Yeah. Very very much so. Very much so. Um. Yeah. So hey. So I'm gonna look up that Bible picture. Go and just describe a little bit more what you're seeing.
0: There's windows everywhere. Like at the bottom. So there's like this grand sweeping staircase to get in. To like up to the front door. And then I want a person standing next to this so badly so I can figure out what the hell is going on here. Because to me, I'm like, yes, this is a very tiny miniature, but I know that it's nine feet tall. And as this stone, this stone building, it has all of the like archers divots in it uh, and and the towers with like it looks like it's got princess towers, except for they're not princess towers. They're wizard towers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there are 100% Wizard Towers.
0: Oh, this is so cool. But, like, the basement is kind of all squished in, and then it gets wider and wider as you go up. And so it looks like the world's weirdest ice cream cone. Um, I don't, I don't, I just want to live in this house. Except I don't, because I don't want to go to the fifth story to sleep in my bedroom. It seems unfortunate to do so but it's definitely like a medieval sort of thing that you could picture having been out in some european countryside for generations but oh so, also wait going back to the little girl's room uh the flooring is amazing because right it's, it's a star herringbone pattern, and it's definitely, like, it's the different colors of wood. So, like, the star is a really light color wood with a dark center wood, and then it's dark on the outside. It's really cool and intricate. <laughs> okay, continue.
1: So, I just sent you a <gasps> picture Bible. of the the tiny Bible. And- it's exactly
0: what he says it is. It's just a really tiny Bible.
1: And it's, and it's made to look very, very antique as if it was hundreds of years old.
0: It looks like a lot of people have thumbed through its pages.
1: Yes. Did they find Jesus? We'll never know. <laughs> so, uh, last but not least, I have a picture of somebody standing next to the tower because you're Thank asking. Thank you. It's
0: what so- I desire.
1: So, here it is.
0: What the fuck? Oh, that's cuckoo bananas.
1: Yes, it is.
0: There is a lady standing next to this, and she's wearing the most beautiful blue shoes I've ever seen. They're so vibrant. But (laughs) the whole house, like, only part of the house is open, but it's so big that she only comes up about halfway on this thing. Right, it's massive. I'm willing to bet she is not, like, a super tiny human being, but it's
1: huge. So... But oh, that's so
0: cool it opens like that
1: I know it's yeah it's, it all opens up and it showcases like all the rooms um, I couldn't find any pictures of the wizard's tower and I was really really sad so
0: I will go on a hunt and yes. try to find any of you sluice
1: please find the wizard tower, tower. that'd be amazing hold so, us
0: accountable guys <laughs> that's
1: right that's right so for the creme de la creme so obviously with being museum quality this particular dollhouse was appraised and um the latest appraisal was done in 2015, so it's, you know, it's been a couple years since that. It's probably a little bit more now. But in 2015, Haley, take a stab at what you think this beautiful dollhouse was appraised at.
0: It's got to be more than 10 million, right?
1: So you're close. Uh, I, Am I? Yeah, you you're, you're close. It's it's a little it's a little bit it's a little bit. It's probably it's probably 10 or 11 million now in 2015 it was appraised at 8.5 million.
0: Good god. But it
1: is probably in the 10 to 12 million dollar range now.
0: That's amazing. So I mean it's so huge, I get it. But and for 13 years worth of effort.
1: Yeah. But I mean, good
0: god, to get that into your private collection, you got to fork the fuck over 12 million dollars.
1: Right. So so the original so the the original designer owner actually sold it to the museum um for I think a little bit less than that um back in 2013. Let's see. Um Yes. So yes, so uh, 2013 it went to the Time War uh it went to the Time War Center in New York City. Um Oh, fun fact. So anyone who goes to this exhibition, and I wonder if there's, I wonder if there's a story about why they did this, but that's beside the point. Anyone who goes to the exhibition, all the proceeds from buying a ticket to this exhibition, they all go to St. Jude's Children's Hospital, Orphans International, and other oh. and other cancer research centers. Which oh my I, God. Feel, I feel like there's a story behind that, and I'm really, I'm really curious to research. Yeah,
0: because it's a dollhouse.
1: Probably. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like yeah, it's so probably. much more than a dollhouse.
1: But yeah, like... absolutely. It's, it's definitely not a child's play thing. It's, it's it. like you could tell like this was a labor of love and this was, I mean, to have the, to have the, the diligence and just the dedication to realize a dream so beautifully. And like our listeners, when you see the pictures, you'll see, but just, just to have that dedication to something Really, like, when I was reading about this story and I saw the pictures, I was really, really humbled. And I was just just in awe of this person. And obviously it wasn't done all by her, but just, you know, she had other collaborators. But just to, to, to take 13 years and fully realize a vision that she had, it couldn't have been cheap to to do all of this. And, to, and, But, I mean, over the course of 13 years, maybe it might have been, you know, slightly affordable, you know, if you kind of piecemeal at time by time. If you had other people's help. But... Honestly, it's, it, this is one of the most breathtaking creations I think I've ever seen, hands down.
0: Steven, I think this may have actually been the sweetest episode that we have ever done, because I'm not walking away angry.
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> right. And I, like, I, I know, like, usually the theme is like, oh my gosh, all these crazy rich people blowing their stupid money. Like, no, like, I, like when I found this, I was like, this is amazing. Like, this yeah, it's, it's worth a ridiculous amount of money. Somebody probably someday is going to buy it and we'll be there to talk about them whenever they do. Um, but I was like, no, this is amazing. Like, this I think this to...
0: totally fits under our under our umbrella, though. And I'm so yeah. glad that you brought it. And like, genuinely, like, it feels so nice to talk about something that is worth so much and also know that like, one, proceeds go to a good cause, but two, that like someone didn't spend their money so fucking stupidly. Like it was good.
1: <laughs> and
0: Europeans uh, just wanted a little fruit.
1: <laughs> yeah. Europeans, they would just want a little fruit, but don't worry <laughs> listeners. If, uh, if this kind of got you down a little bit, you know, a little more to like kind of a more of a happy kind of a downward feel. Don't worry because how I found this is going to stem into my topic for the next episode. And I will just say. Can you give
0: us a teaser without giving anything away?
1: Yes. So one of the keywords that I looked for was hobbies. That's the. Oh, so that's the keyword. That's the little teaser for next time. But the next one will be. People doing stupid stuff with a stupid amount of money for a hobby. So, i'm
0: so intrigued so
1: come back next time guys uh it's not gonna disappoint i'm it really excited definitely
0: isn't oh my god so if you like that you know our spiel go ahead and give us a thumbs up or a rating or a five-star review whatever the hell it is you want to give us on whatever platform you're listening to us on itunes tends to help the best and uh follow us on twitter and instagram to see all of these wonderful photos of everything that we've talked about today but in the meantime hey thanks for listening thanks guys bye